0: Good morning, thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 17th of November. In breaking news this morning, detectives from Strike Force Rossanne have revealed they've seized a car from Guy south of Sydney, as part of their ongoing investigations into the disappearance of William Tyrrell. The Mazda vehicle is now being forensically tested. It comes as police conducted an extensive search of William's foster grandmother's property in Kendall, in northern New South Wales yesterday, where the then three-year-old disappeared seven years ago. Police remain confident they can solve the mystery. Our reporter Cherie Coleman has the latest from the mid-north coast of New South Wales.
2: That's right, Tash. Police spent yesterday clearing dense bushland and using mechanical sifters to go through the garden of the Kendall home. They're not ruling out any possibilities. Hundreds of officers are conducting fresh searches in three new locations near Kendall on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Detectives have also confirmed they've seized a car from a home at Gymea, which is now undergoing forensic examination. A $1 million reward for information on the case still stands.
0: The Northern Territory remains on high alert this morning as its COVID outbreak worsens. 11 people have now tested positive with health authorities concerned as the virus is spreading into the remote community of Robinson River. Here's Dr Omar Korshid from the AMA.
3: We've always been worried that COVID would get into remote uh, Indigenous communities uh, and devastate those populations due to the Uh, high risk that we know that many uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people uh, live with. uh, And also uh, in some communities, there's very low vaccination rates.
0: Pressure continues to mount on the Victorian state government over its controversial new pandemic management bill. Demonstrators continue to protest outside Parliament House overnight. Under the bill, the Premier is able to declare a pandemic without putting it to Parliament. But crossbencher and Reason Party leader Fiona Patten has told Channel 10 that won't happen without the correct health advice. It would be outside the law for the a Premier to call a declaration of a pandemic. So we, we, we have that in the legislation. We could try and make this diff- better, but it, it's hard to suggest that we'd try and make a law that protected us from a Premier breaking the law. And for the first time since late September, daily Victorian COVID cases have dipped below 800. 797 new infections were recorded in the state yesterday with eight COVID deaths. And overseas, and the US president has held critical talks with his Chinese counterpart. During the virtual meeting, Chinese President Xi Jinping warned Joe Biden that encouraging Taiwanese independence would be playing with fire. While Mr Biden spoke against China's economic coercion of US allies, including Australia, and flagged ongoing concerns over human rights practices. It
3: seems to me our responsibility as leaders of China and the United States to ensure that the competition between our countries does not veer into conflict, whether intended or unintended.
0: Both sides agreed to increase cooperation and pledged to work together on important issues like climate change. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales, firstly, and hundreds of residents have been evacuated from their homes in the central west town of Forbes as the local Lachlan River peaks. It follows days of torrential rain causing widespread damage. Our reporter, Sean Patterson, has the latest from the region.
3: That's right, Tash. Overnight, the Lachlan River reached 10 metres. That's seen evacuations for around 800 low-lying properties. However, emergency crews are waiting to see if the river will hit its expected peak of 10.6 metres later this afternoon. Residents spent yesterday sandbagging their properties while an evacuation centre has been set up at a local church. The flood has also been intensified after thousands of megalitres from the Wangala Dam was released to make room for the next downpour.
0: And to South Australia and in the incredible rescue of a family after they were stranded in the Simpson Desert for several days. Their four-wheel drive got bogged on Friday morning in the outback and our reporter, Sean Maynard, has the details.
1: Yeah, the Zavros family were told they could have been waiting for two weeks to be rescued after their vehicle struck trouble in the far north of South Australia. That's how long it was going to take for flooded roads to clear as There was simply no way they could get out, even if they were able to dig their bogged vehicle out of the mud. It all began when Ori Zavros, his wife Lindsay and children Zane and Zoe and their homemade camper van got stuck along the Purdy track when wild weather hit the region on Friday. They activated an emergency beacon. It took around four hours for a maritime safety plane to be sent all the way from Melbourne to find them and drop a care package. That included essential support supplies, and a satellite phone, allowing them to call their loved ones at home. Thankfully, they've now been rescued. Dad Ori revealing the children didn't mind the unexpected adventure. Yeah, the kids are really good. They don't really know any different. They didn't even anyway. Lived in 12 months. The SA Police sending a helicopter to Daddy yesterday to winch these Zavris to safety. They were flown to Coober Pedy and that's where they've spent the night resting up and making arrangements to head home to WA.
0: Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning we're joined by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool Scott good morning there's been so much speculation about whether interest rates will increase or whether they'll stay stable and now there's been an interesting insight from the RBA Governor Philip Lowe during his speech with a focus of course on inflation and rates
3: Tash good morning that's very much the case Governor Lowe kind of giving us a bit of a bit of hope and also a bit of well a bit of reality a bit of a reality check because he's saying look rates won't go up we don't think as Early as the rest of the market thinks, and that's the bond market is basically betting it'll be next year, if you can believe that. But the government's also softening that a little bit and saying, but it's possible that if circumstances change, we could. Now that's his job, and so he's giving us a dose of reality there. He's also saying, by the way, that we're current interest rates of zero point one percent—that's the official cash rate—could be as high as between two and a half and three and a half percent when it gets back back to what he calls neutral levels or normal levels. Now, that adds $1,000 a month to a three-quarter of a million dollar mortgage, and that's the reality check. The other one who was trying to give us was to say, hey, just remember, if you're borrowing money, you may have to put your hand in your pocket for up to a grand a month to pay back some of these loans, if that's the reality. The bad news, of course, is that wages aren't going up yet. Now, that's the double-edged sword. We're not going to get higher rates until wages go up. If wages go up, then we're going to have to pay more for our mortgages. So it might be one of those take-your-pick scenarios, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and the cost of living continues to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And, Scott, regardless of what the RBA Governor is saying, Westpac has already moved, with the bank lifting its fixed rates for the third time in four weeks.
3: Yeah, this is the other side of that coin. I mean, two things there. First is Westpac still basically saying, uh, oh, Governor, we don't believe you, or we're not sure we should believe you, so we're going to raise rates. Of course, the other thing is our banks get a large minority of their funding from overseas, and US rates will go up sooner rather than later, probably as early as early next year. And because they've got that mix of funding, they've got to work out how they price these things based on where they're getting their money from. So even if the RBA doesn't go up, or maybe even what keeps the RBA's hand, you know, off the tiller for a little bit longer is the fact that rates will go up just because borrowing costs go up for the banks themselves, and that will actually push the rate we pay up, even if the official cash rate doesn't move.
0: And Scott, in good news for our tech sector, Google has announced it's going to invest $1 billion in Australia over the next five years.
3: A fascinating story, this one. They're going to, a billion dollars, as you say, everything from cloud computing to a CSIRO collaboration through to a whole lot of tech software development here in the country, which is all wonderful news. Of course, it stands in stark relief. Really, we talked the other day about the fact that Telstra is trying to fill a thousand tech jobs, plenty of businesses around the country trying to do the same. And so you've got this scenario where Google wants to spend the money. The open question is whether they'll have the staff or where that staff might come from, because right now there is still that skills shortage. So, good news over five years, Google's going to invest some money. In the short term, the question is, where are they going to get the workers from and what is that going to do to the local employment sector?
0: Another big day in business and finance. Thanks so much, Scott.
3: Sure is. Thanks, Art.
0: Time for Sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the Socceroos' hopes of qualifying for another World Cup have unfortunately taken a tumble.
2: Yes, good morning, Tash. We had to settle for a one-all draw against China in the UAE this morning. Mitch Duke gave the Aussies the lead in the first half, then we conceded a penalty in the 70th minute. That was to a video review that was quite controversial as well. Duke, who scored our first goal, telling 10, it's a chance that they've let
3: slip. Yeah, frustrating uh, always when you go 1-0 up and then you concede and finish with a draw.
2: It was an important game that we needed three points and very frustrating to go away with just the one. So we've got four qualifiers to go. The top two in the group automatically go through. If you finish third, then you face two potential sudden-death playoffs. We currently sit third. We have slipped from second. Japan beat Oman uh, this morning as well, so they have gone ahead of the Socceroos now as well.
0: And, Brett, as Aussie selectors prepare to unveil their Ashes squad, former captain Michael Clark has made a bold prediction about the future of coach Justin Langer.
2: Yeah, the first test squad will be unveiled today. Of course, that is December 8th at the Gabba. Justin Langer is a part of that selection panel and Clark is predicting that he will step down as coach after this summer's home Ashes series. While some of the pressure has lifted after the T20 World Cup win, Clark believes that Langer may still opt
3: to resign. We've just won the World Cup. I think if we can win the Ashes as well, he's achieved everything that he's coming for. And knowing Lang, you know, he won't coach for the wrong reasons. If he thinks his job's done, then I think I think he'll walk away and I'd love to see him walk away on his own term.
2: Yeah, why not go out on top? And uh, Clark had some thoughts on selection as well. He would go with Usman Khawaja to open the batting alongside David Warner.
0: And there's another COVID scare, Brett, at an AFL club.
2: Yeah, this time it's Essendon and their chief executive, Xavier Campbell, has tested positive for COVID. Said he had mild symptoms, got tested and it came back positive. Uh, But he has not been at uh, the club's headquarters since last Wednesday, so they may have dodged a bullet there. They've sent all admin staff off to be tested just as a precaution. They'll have to wait for those results to come back before they return and it hasn't affected the players. So uh, Essendon confident at this stage that pre-season training won't be impacted by this.
0: Good to see. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And a major breakthrough in the fight against cervical cancer in Australia. In a bid to help increasing testing rates, scientists are rolling out self-collection kits across the country where patients can collect their own samples. The kits are being hailed as a game changer and will be made widely available from the middle of next year. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.